Hi there, welcome to Bible Slash Chat. Hi, Kevin. Happy Friday. <laughs> Kevin's still digging for text. Yeah. We were just discussing what we we're going to talk about today for the Bible Slash Chat episode, and these are fun things. Uh, we enjoy them, right? Yeah, of course. Yes, and so Kevin's going to answer this one for us. We, uh, we, it's always nice to. Um, uh, talk through topics that we've covered. And one of the topics that we covered recently was the whole debate uh, with the scribes and Pharisees, and in this case, the Sadducees, yeah. about the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking through the book of Mark in care groups. We covered Mark chapter 12 this mm -hmm. last week. And something interesting happens in Mark chapter 12, and I'll just read the text, and then we can talk about it a little bit. Uh, we, there's this story starting in verse 18 of Mark chapter 12. The Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, <coughs> come to Jesus, and they start to ask him a question. Obviously, yeah. they formulated this question with some idea in mind of how they could sort of... Right. I mean, this probably was debated for a hundred years. Yeah. You know, someone's like, I don't know how that works. <laughs> so there, there's this question about a man who dies, he, he leaves uh, behind a wife, no child, his brother marries the wife, and then that man dies, and there were seven brothers, each brother marries the wife, so whose wife is she in the resurrection? Right. Jesus effectively just says, you are greatly mistaken, and he tells him, you don't have any idea, uh, that you don't understand the scriptures, verse 24, or the power of God, and then he says, look, when in the resurrection, you don't marry or are given in marriage, none of that happens, but you're like angels in heaven. In other words, marriage that the the concept of marriage ceases to be in the resurrection from the dead, and then he gives this statement, which is fascinating. Uh, he turns and he deals mm -hmm. with their bad theology on the resurrection, verse twenty six. Yeah. So not only does he answer the question, just shuts them down in a word, but then he turns and deals with their bad theology in verse twenty six. He says, regarding the fact that the dead rise, have you not read in the book of Moses in the passage about the burning bush how God spoke to him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are greatly mistaken. Yeah. Now, what I've heard in this text is that it's based on the tense of the Hebrew verb. Mm -hmm. I've been told this many times, mm -hmm. and uh, you know that 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 when he says, "I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob," mm -hmm. he's the verb would tell us that those men are still alive, mm -hmm. and therefore there must be a resurrection. That's how I've heard that taught. Yeah. But we want to take slight issue with that, yeah, right? right? And maybe like help first, like break down why that might not be the best interpretation, and then maybe talk to us about what a better interpretation would be. Yeah. So so I have. Yeah, I have, uh, to my shame, I have taught that. Okay. So, so to be very clear on that, it is it is tempting to say, well, yeah, if he's the God of the living, and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are long dead, right, and he is the God of the living, then therefore they're spiritually alive after right. death, right? Right. Which is true. Yeah. Right? yeah. And yeah. so there's there's Their something there. Yeah. But to that's not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is trying to argue for a resurrection, like mm. back to life. So it has to be bodily at that point. Yeah. Some kind of yeah. bodily resurrection. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's what helpful. that's the argument to get it in context. Um, so so just initially that Hebrew verb argument. Is yeah, it helpful so, because so, yeah, because Hebrew Hebrew doesn't convey tense in the same way English does. You know, gotcha. we would say I was, I am, I will be. Yeah, you know, and it's in the spelling of the word, you right. know, the be verb. Uh, but Hebrew doesn't function that way. Tense is more communicated by the context and gotcha. things like that. So it's just a difference. Um, English speakers, you know, we can understand things like that right. um, in the in the difference of tense, but um, that's not particularly what's being said here. I think right. So. So um, yeah. what is being said? Here? Yeah, so so what's interesting is when you have this formula of the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, yep. that's the way God speaks. I think it's in Exodus 2, yep. uh, prior to the passages that's quoted here, it's, it's a reference to his covenant relationship with his people. Gotcha. And so when God self-identifies this way, he's referencing his covenant relationship relationship there. And so therefore what you have here is the the importance is not the tense of the verb like right. I am versus I was, but it's basically saying 
that he is he has a covenant commitment to these men right, right? And, and and so where that becomes important is to realize what these covenant promises were uh, yeah. and and what you see is you know God is promising for example land right. uh, to Abraham directly not right. just his people right. uh, not just his seed but you had a passage no no go ahead go ahead no, no, no. he's promising it to Abraham himself right. and so because he's made that promise uh, therefore, in order to fulfill it to Abraham personally, Abraham has to be resurrected okay. in order to receive that. And the reason I would say that, just to support it, is in Hebrews 11, yep. um, it says in verse 8, By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed, going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Verse 9, by faith he sojourned <coughs> in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. Uh, and you look at the very end of the chapter, just to make it easy, jump down. All of these, including Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised, because God had made something better for us. Gotcha. And so... What he's saying is he's sojourning in this land and he did not receive the land in yeah. that way yeah. that God had promised for them. So so God promises an inheritance on the land. Yep. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all of them receive this promise. Mm -hmm. Don't have the land right. in, in their lifetimes. Die. Right. right. And by using that covenant formula mm -hmm. in Mark 12 and in, in Exodus 3.6, what God is saying is, I'm the God of the covenant. Mm -hmm. I have to keep my covenant. Mm -hmm. Which requires then for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to be raised from the dead right. so that they could stand on the land right. and receive it as inheritance. Yeah, because God's word doesn't fail. And that's gotcha. the whole point of you know Hebrews 11, right? Yeah. Is like if God is committed and people are faithful, it's going to happen. Like, gotcha. Right? Uh, even if they die, like it, it, they will be um, brought to the fulfillment of that promise. So what you have, yeah, is basically um, Jesus saying... He's, he's looking at the text, and we might be like, oh, I'm reading in Exodus. Like, right. how do I get the resurrection from yeah, this? Yeah, like, yeah. Is, is he teaching Moses the resurrection? Right. Um, but what Jesus is doing, I don't think he's, quote, unquote, like, exegeting the passage to say, like, oh, there's this, you know, a subtle thing in here that yeah. you need to see. Um, I don't think that's what necessarily was communicated to Moses. But I think the point of what he's saying is to draw an implication from yeah. the text and to speak not about the meaning of the text, but the significance of that formula uh, to say, hey, there's something there that you Sadducees are missing because, you know, even though your Bible is a smaller volume than everybody else's, yeah, like yeah. you still haven't read it. And that's yeah. why he says you're greatly mistaken. Yeah. It's really interesting because he calls it the book of Moses. Yeah. He's like, dude, you guys are reading <laughs> yeah. this, but you're not reading it, right? It's right? your guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, in, in the text that he quotes there in Exodus 3, 6, it says, I am the God of your father, mm. the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, mm. the God yeah. of Jacob. So it's like, I'm the covenant God, right? Your, your father was in part of the covenant. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are part of the covenant. You're also part of the covenant. And Jesus sees that and he says, if that's the case, if God is the God of the covenant, then the covenant must be fulfilled and that mm -hmm. covenant then requires the resurrection. Yeah. So so interesting. Yeah. And one other text, just for funsies, if you're curious if God actually promised Abraham the dirt, uh, Genesis chapter 35, uh, verse 11, uh, God said to him, this is him call, talking to, to Jacob. He says, God said to him, I am God the Almighty. Be fruitful, multiply a nation and a company of nations shall come from you and kings shall come forth from you. The land which I gave to Abraham and Isaac. Right. Explicitly yeah. stated. Right. I will give it to you and I will give the land to your descendants after you. So totally fascinating yeah, yeah. <laughs> you say well that's just the that's just you know the nation of israel inheriting it later no that would be that would make that text meaningless right the land which i gave to abraham and isaac i will give it to you so mm -hmm, this is sort mm -hmm, of the last question mm -hmm. 
when will Abraham and Isaac get the land of Israel? Well, in the resurrection. You know, okay. <laughs> obviously, they'll they'll have to be resurrected to get it. Um, yeah. I think you know in Hebrews uh, eleven. Yeah. Uh, to your point too, it says he he went out to a place which he was to receive. Yeah. For an inheritance, right? Totally. Um, so it's focusing on him, but uh, yeah, in, awesome. in the latter part of the chapter, what we didn't read. Um, was that, uh, you know, all these men, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised because God had promised something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. So this is yeah. in the resurrection of all God's people. Yeah. So they're receiving those promises that God made them. So mm-hmm. Abraham actually will get a portion of dirt in yeah. the land of Israel yeah, yeah. at the resurrection, yeah. and he will live there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Daniel chapter 12, verse 13, it says, um, God is talking to Daniel right at the end of his life, last moments of his life. Last thing that he says, he says, but as for you, go your way to the end, and then you will enter into rest and rise again for your allotted portion Mm -hmm. at the end of the age, right? The actual dirt at the end of the age, you will be raised again, so you will actually live. Daniel will actually be there, right? In the context of resurrection, too. Yeah, Yeah. it's totally in the context of resurrection. You're going to go, you're going to die, don't worry about that. You'll be raised again, you'll get an allotted portion, and at the end of the age, you'll live there. Yeah. Which is fascinating. It's so cool because, like, what you see in Hebrews is you see these guys who just had words. You know, they yeah. just had the word of God. Yeah. And, and yet they knew that that was like a window and they look into the forward to the reality through totally. that. Like if God says land is going to be yours, like they look through that and they see it as it's good as gold, right? Yeah, like that's totally that's theirs. And then faith is made sight yeah. in the future. But because of that way God has made the world that we would have faith in his word and that that word would then come to fruition. Like that's, that's what we have now. We have the promises. Totally. And, and, you know, Peter says like they're precious, right? Yeah, like totally. these are, these are ours. Yeah. Hebrews, right? The substance of things, hopefully yeah. the evidence of things which are not seen. Yeah. 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 Just to see that I think is really sweet because you know, even I think to, to take that idea and look at Genesis one, one or Genesis one, three, yeah. God spoke and then it happened, right? Yeah. Like we have that same, assurance but there's just more time between it yeah you know? but just to say like trust me like yeah. this will happen it's it's a really sweet thing but totally. specifically with that yeah for for jesus to reference that to the sadducees and say like hey you're completely missing yeah this like yeah, you're, you're completely missing mistake, this dynamic yeah. mm-hmm. um it is a rebuke yeah know, for sure it's fascinating too because how wise of him to take the thing that they were anchoring their hope in <laughs> yeah. in the book of moses and in the abrahamic covenant yeah and say the covenant would tell you a resurrection has to happen. Guys, yeah. like, consi- like, look at this. You're so mistaken because yeah. you don't understand the scriptures. Yeah. Which is helpful for us even exegetically, yeah. too, because for Jesus isn't saying this is, you know, this text tells us that there's mm-hmm. a resurrection. What he's saying is from this text, we understand the covenant. And yeah. from the covenant, we understand some theological principles that are there. Yeah. What is it when in, uh, in Hebrews 11 where it says, um, sorry, I think it's, Oh yeah, Hebrews eleven when Abraham offered up Isaac, right, and yeah. and he has the promise that promise in Isaac your she- your seed shall be called. Yeah. And then verse nineteen, he considered that God was able to raise people even from the dead. Yeah. yeah. So so Abraham is inferring from the promise the yeah. same way Jesus is inferring from totally. the promise to say, hey, this is there. Yeah. And if that is true, then God can make people alive yeah. again. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for all your hard work on that. That's a super helpful interpretation. And I hope that's helpful for you in understanding that text. And uh, if you have any questions, as always, about anything in the Bible or any theological topic, we'd love to answer them. Uh, You can email us at info at faithbibleoc.org. Thanks so much.